Hi, I'm Jago Wynn and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the daily Bible thought as we journey through the book of Acts and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's me. Uh, Good morning to you all. Well, as we uh, continue through Acts, uh, for our passage this morning, uh, we're not going to put up the Bible passage straight away, but actually uh, Tim's going to put up a map for us um, so you can just see how Paul travels uh, in the six verses. So uh, you've got the map there, and uh, he's in Corinth, you'll probably remember, if you remember from Friday. Uh, So Paul is in Corinth. And I'm just going to read the next six verses um, from uh, Acts 18, verses 18 to 23. And as I do, why don't you just follow along as you hear the names, just to see how far he travels in six verses. Um, And he's going to, from Corinth, which you'll see there on the left of the screen in green, um, he's going to travel east, so anti-clockwise around that red uh, red line. So let me read it and you can just see uh, where Paul uh, and companions go over the next six verses. So it says this, uh, Acts 18 verse 18, Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Kentry because of a vow he had taken. They arrived at Ephesus, uh, so now over onto the red bit. Thank- oh, yeah, good. Thank you, Tim. Well done. Uh, they arrived at Ephesus where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to spend more time with them, he declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. Then he set sail from Ephesus. When he landed at Caesarea, all the way over, thank you very much, nicely followed the line, uh, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. And he's actually going up to Antioch. Uh, Verse 23, after spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place uh, throughout the region of Galatia, this green bit higher up, and Phrygia, a bit further along towards where it says Asia, exactly, strengthening all the disciples. So uh, there you go. Um, You can see just in six verses quite how far uh, Paul has travelled, and uh, if we actually get the Bible passage up on the screen now, the next uh, uh, the next slide. Um, yesterday, as as Tim said, we um, we thought about Revi- uh, Revitalize Two Fifty, our Revitalize Two Fifty campaign, um, which is our building project, our four million building project, as part of the overall vision of the church. If you were there, I hope it excited you. Do have a listen to it uh, if you'd like to. But I thought this morning I'd just share a little bit about why we've used that Revitalize word. Uh, it's a great word. And in our passage, in some sense, it's a funny little passage that I've just read there that um, is sort of sounds mostly like a sort of travel itinerary. Uh, I think there are three types, uh, three different types of revitalizing going on. And I just put them in bold there. Uh, first, first of all, there's some sort of personal revitalization for Paul with this haircut after a vow he's taken. And no one quite knows exactly what that's going on there. Probably a Nazarite vow uh, it talks about in the Old Testament. But there's, there's a personal revitalization for Paul. Uh, then uh, when it talks in, um, in Ephesus and he uh, reasons with the Jews, there's sort of evangelistic revitalization. He's, he's reasoning with the Jews. He, he's looking to bring life to those spiritual life, to those uh, who don't yet know Jesus. Um, so there's an evangelistic revitalization going on there. 
And then at the bottom, uh, there's a revitalization in terms of, of discipleship, strengthening all the disciples as he travels uh, through Galatia and Phrygia. Um, uh, Paul strengthening, revitalizing the disciples in their faith. So it's really, as he's traveling around, all around this area, around the Mediterranean, it is a revitalizing journey. And I thought I'd quickly just share with our building project why we've called it Revitalised 250. The 250, as uh, most of you will know, is because in 2026, six years from now, uh, it'll be 250 years since um, the building was built, the, the Holy Trinity Clapham was built. But why have we chosen the Revitalised word? Let me just give you very quickly four reasons in the next four slides. Uh, reason number one that we've called it Revitalised 250 is because our building needs revitalising. Um, quite simply, there are some bits that are atrocious in it. There's the kitchen, a photo of the kitchen. Uh, the kitchen certainly needs revitalizing it's not fit for a church of 100 people let alone a church of 600 so the first reason is we want to revitalize a building uh, the second reason uh, is our history our history as a, a church um, Wilberforce um, the book that Wilberforce wrote that was a bestseller in its time was was that had a very long title, but its short title was Real Christianity. And as you read through the book, he sometimes calls it real Christianity, he sometimes calls it vital Christianity. And the same idea, basically saying it's not just a Christianity that's sort of just external cultural Christianity, but actually is a real faith, a vital faith that makes a difference in all of life as one puts Jesus as Lord of your life. Uh, and so that sense of a uh, vital Christianity revitalized. Then the third reason, um, our uh, whole vision as a church is to be a church that plants other churches. And in the Church of England, the, um, the organisation that is, uh, oversees all church planting is called the Church Revitalisation Trust, about revitalising whole churches. And then in a sense, the fourth and most important reason is our faith itself. Our faith, uh, the Christian faith, uh, the next slide, Tim, thank you. Um, but Rodney Stark, Professor of Sociology, has written, Christianity is one of the most sweeping and successful revitalisation movements in history. Uh, I think it's a wonderful uh, quote that the most successful, uh, sweeping and successful revitalization movements in history. That's what the Christian faith is. And it brings us back round to Paul on his journey, traveling all around the Mediterranean. What is he doing there? He is kicking off the most sweeping and successful revitalization movement in history. And may each of us continue to be a part of that revitalization movement today. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Today we pray for Revitalise 250, the fundraising campaign and project that we're looking towards that Jago launched yesterday as he spoke on Vision Sunday Part 2. And we prayed into that on HTC Daily and we thought about praying for our building, praying for our history. Um, you know, we've got a really inspiring past and we want to see that go into an exciting future. Uh, we pray for ourselves and then we pray for church planting. And uh, I just encourage you today to pray for that Pray personally for yourself. Pray that God would revitalize you, that he'd renew you, that he would strengthen you. And that I encourage you to pray for our church at this time. Um, if you have a sense of God saying something to you, please do share it. If you've got a word or a picture for our church, maybe God's given you a verse of scripture, please do share it. And please do pray for us.